Hey, and welcome to Pick Up Your Megaphone. I'm Annie Rohde, and I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. I am talking with Nicole Lehman all about course creation. She is a course expert. Uh, She has her master's in education, and she brings to the table a really good list of seven mistakes, things you should think about when it comes to creating a course that is going to be profitable, number one, and number two, going to actually make an impact in your clients' lives. I know that's what you want, so dive into this episode if you are creating a program, a course, or something along those lines. I hope this leaves you inspired, honestly. Hey guys, I have a super exciting conversation for us today. We're going to talk all about course creation and I have a course specialist and expert, Nicole Lehman, and I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. Hi, Nicole. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background and like what led you to starting a business in course creation. Absolutely. So making a very long story somewhat short, I actually was in education for six years before I decided to start my own business. So I was a teacher. I got my undergrad in education. I have my master's in education and I was going to be a career teacher. I love teaching. I love the theory behind teaching, the learning process, all these things. Um, But then we found out we were pregnant with our first little nugget and I decided, you know, maybe career teaching is not what is in the plan for me. And so I made a pivot to starting my online business. Eventually that led me to being able to quit my job and be full-time in the online space, which has been such a blessing. And, you know, I think I started my business a very similar route to a lot of people, just kind of as a general virtual assistant, trying to figure out like what this whole online world is about. And I very quickly realized like, hey, I don't have to leave my passion for teaching and Mm. curriculum and instruction behind. I can actually like take that with me and utilize it in the online space. So I just started getting in with clients who were building courses, running memberships, those sorts of things, and very quickly just niche down into, okay, I'm going to help people build online curriculum because that's my passion. Yeah. It's my spot. And honestly, I'm such a nerd. I like love it. So that's kind of, that's like I said, so very cool. long story made short. <laughs> yes. No, I love it. That is like when you first, when we first connected and you started telling me what you do, I was like blown away. Um, and just really glad that we could get you on the podcast to kind of talk about the really thinking about your course critically, thinking about it in a way where um, where you're going to get the transformation for your clients. That's one of my biggest things for my clients is that they're actually, they're not just bringing in an income, they're making an impact. And that's, and I know that's what we all want. And sometimes we get caught up in the numbers of like, oh, we we need to create a course so that it's profitable. And so that like my business can run on evergreen and all of that. And sometimes at that point, it becomes a place where um, you can lose the impact. You can lose the transformations because the course isn't set up in the way that that is consumable so that the client isn't actually doing the work. I think I read a study that 
85% of courses go undone. And Isn't that insane? <laughs> it is insane. It's insane. And I, I just, when I, when I have a client take purchase from me, I want them to get their full money's worth. And I know that not every, like sometimes you buy a course and you get in and you see that it's not really what you were needing in that season. And that, and that's a learning experience in itself. Um, and, but I think for, for me, I want my clients to have like big results through the courses. So my first big question for you is you talk a lot about educational design. Can you kind of tell us what that means, especially when it comes to online education. Absolutely. So I just love what, I'm just going to touch on what you just said, because I love that. And I'm so passionate about like keeping our eyes on the impact because it's true. I think in the online space, this world of courses and programs and like developing like learning materials, it's like exploding. Everyone's doing it. And there's a reason everyone's doing it because it's a really cool like opportunity and something you can build into your business. But I do think we sometimes get fixated on like with these rose colored glasses of like, okay, I'm doing this for an evergreen, like recurring income or like this, you know, and it's true. Like that is a huge part of it. Like it does add that level of like income to your business that can be so helpful. But yeah, we really sometimes I think lose sight of the impact side of it and saying like, okay, so if I'm creating a program that promises X, Y, and Z, it has to fulfill on that promise. Right. And I can't just claim it and say like, buy my course. And then I've done nothing on the back end to make sure that it's actually going to deliver for people. And so that's, that's what educational design is. So if you're looking, I think people sometimes get a little confused about educational design because of the word design. I see a lot of people thinking like, okay, well, that means that, you know, I need to have really pretty slide decks Mm -hmm. and I have to have a fancy workbook and, um, you know, kind of all these, all these things that are industry standard in a course. And what I like to say is like, okay, that's true. Like you're probably going to be putting together some slide decks, workbooks, activities, whatever that looks like for you. But educational design really is like taking it a level deeper and Mm -hmm. saying like, okay, so within my slide decks, within my workbook, am I considering the learn, how someone learns? Like when I look at Mm -hmm. an adult, because we're all catering to adult, like learners, right? And so- really, it really is digging deep into how do these people learn? How does a very busy, busy business owner who's coming Mm -hmm. into my course, how am I going to be able to teach them something? Yeah. And so it really is like that lower, like that deep level learning strategy and how do we incorporate that in the online space? Yeah, that's super cool. Like, and, and when you're bringing that up, like, yeah, most of us are catering to like, I would say my entire clientele is, is trying to help the adult, even Mm -hmm. if they're like working with moms on their parenting, they're still helping the mom. Mm -hmm. And, and so when we think about that, like that busy mom client or that busy working mom client or that busy working, um, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever person you're called to serve when we're thinking about them they're probably busy they probably like adding on this course isn't something that they then have like they haven't actually thought about dedicating the time to it yet um and so 
Okay, my next my next question, I think I think we're going to I think we're going there. Like <laughs> what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see when people are creating their course? Yeah. Um and then let's let's see if we can make like some quick swaps in there. And I'm going to jump in with some like mistakes that I see from the marketing and messaging um side of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think they directly impact each other, right? Like the the quality of what you're building within your curriculum is going to have a direct impact on your marketing. So I think they're like very closely tied, but I'll speak like to the content side. Yes. So I think when people are going in to build a course or a program or a workshop or whatever, the only context that most people have is like remembering their high school experience or their college experience, right? Like, yeah. you know, for someone who goes out to design a course, like you kind of like, you only know what you know. Right. And so yeah. your experience was, okay, I went to school eight hours a day and sat in a classroom. So that's kind of what yeah. you have in the back of your mind as you're building, or maybe mm-hmm. your only experience is a course you took that one time online. And so you're trying to kind of mimic that. And it's like, okay, well, was that course really built? Well, like, did it, was it a, is it a solid blueprint to like try to follow that? And so I really think like the biggest question that I see or the biggest struggle that I see is just a lack of like solid blueprint to follow. You know what I mean? Like people are going in to build a course and it's like, okay, I'm just going to everyone else does videos. So I'm going to do videos or everyone else does a workbook. So I'm going to do a workbook. And so the thing that I see come up a lot is just like, and that I ask my clients a lot is okay, but why, like, do you need to do a workbook or how are you doing Mm -hmm. your workbook? Or like, how is that catering to your learner? So, and once people's eyes are open to that, I start seeing a lot of really cool questions of just like, okay, so my clientele is wired this way. So how can we cater then your course to like, yeah specific to them, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I see in courses and Mm -hmm. that my clients are wanting to create is they haven't, they haven't thought ahead to what the transformation, what they're hoping their client to achieve Mm -hmm. here. And, and so, so it becomes kind of like a knowledge dump or it becomes a place where, um, where, where they're giving all of this information. And, and this was my mistake with the first course that I created, um, which, which I'm really glad that the course that I created, I did live the Mm. first time. And so I was able to kind of see, like kind of tweak as I went, but I was kind of just going as here, give them all of my information rather than having a clear, this is the transformation that I want you to walk away with. Um, and, and here's kind of like the steps that make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you, and, and I think that goes along with kind of your blueprint thing of like, they, they haven't, they haven't really thought about, they thought about creating a course, but they haven't thought about creating a course for their people to solve the issue that their people have. Yeah. Literally everything you just said is like music to my ears because what you're talking about without using like the educational terms is educational design of like so many people sit down to build a course and like, okay, I'm just going to knock out my first module. What do I want to teach? You know, and sit down and record a video and create their Mm -hmm. first module. And it's like the whole concept of backwards design, like define your end point, end point Mm. and go backwards 
starts from there. Like you have to know the gap that you're meeting. And then what are the logical steps, which is like, that's considered scaffolding. Like what are the logical steps that get you to that end point? Like there's a very specific way that's going to strategically just make your course so much more impactful if you go about it just like in kind of a different, a different way. Yeah. So kind of like, like the, the phrase think with the end in mind, like do a little bit of reverse engineering with your course to kind of make sure, mm-hmm. make sure it's heading where you're head, where you want to head, where you want it to head. Exactly. Um, that's cool. so funny that you say that. I'm literally about to create a post for my Instagram. That's like what you know as reverse engineering for your yeah. curriculum in educational design. That's called backwards design. It's the same concept. So yes. start at the end and go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. So, so number one, like not having really a blueprint or thinking you have to create your course, just like another course you took or the exactly. classroom experience. Mm-hmm. Number two, not necessarily having the transformation in mind. What would you say like another big mistake you see with, um, with courses is? Yeah, I think sometimes people get really lost in like the nitty gritty details. And I think it's kind of that like, (laughs) it's a balance because I'm the first person to say done, not perfect, right? Like just get it done, get something out there. We don't have to wait until every little piece or component is like exactly perfect before you get it out there. But I do think it's a balance too, of like, you also want it to be high quality. So I do see a lot of people just really stuck in like that perfectionism of saying like, okay, I'm going to build a course, but I'm going to spend hundreds of hours on it before I ever talk about it. You know what I mean? And maybe that's like to the marketing side too. I see that mistake a lot of just like, I'm going to spend months and months and months building this Mm -hmm. and then I'll start talking about it to people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. One of the other biggest mistakes that I see is that they, they haven't thought about how they're going to market it, when they're going to market it. And they kind of keep it in the background rather than bringing people along, along Mm -hmm. while they're creating it. I think that gives so much like behind the scenes credibility. It get it starts to generate interest. You can get, you can get, um, like real time, you could do a poll about like, keep this, exactly. this training in there or take this training out. You could ask for polls on like, if you're using Canva templates. You could say, do you guys like this template better or mm-hmm. this template and like help them, let them be a part of the design features too. It really creates this sense of community where they're, they feel invested in the program before it's even there. I love that because the worst, I mean, everyone's worst fear is you spend all this time, like blood, sweat, and tears designing this huge offer. And then it's like, no one really even wants that, you know, and that's like you were talking about, you can sell a transformation before the course is ready. You know what I mean? So you can get, if you nail down that transformation and you figure out the steps for getting people there, even if you don't have every page of your workbook designed or your videos recorded, you can get out there and you can start talking about it because your vision is so clear. Yeah. Yes. Because when it's, it's almost like this part is you're selling ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Like you're starting to do some of the sales ahead of time. You can think of it like, um, like I, I think of it almost as 
like a book launch, if you, if you've ever followed an author mm-hmm. or, um, you, or even like a campaign, like the presidential campaign where, gosh, which we're not going to talk about politics here, but like <laughs> the, the length of these campaigns is ridiculous. Insane. The amount of, like we're constantly hearing about these presidents running and it's not going to be for another year and a half. Like that's, <laughs> that's a little crazy, but, yeah. but like, think of it like that. Like they're trying to earn your vote. They're trying to earn that sale mm-hmm. two years in advance, which I don't recommend that. I don't think you're, I don't think creating a, a course should take you that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that like doing that time investing in like the campaigning process, mm-hmm. um, is going to help you bring in the votes, bring in the sales later. Yeah. And um, Guide Culture also uses that reference. If you ever have heard of Guide Culture, they're like a sales plat- or sales training. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, and, th- and that's a huge thing. Like you spend so much time, but then you're not, you're not thinking about how you're going to sell it. Um, So that's another big mistake. So, so number one, we have like creating, um, basing it off of a course that you took or a classroom experience versus Mm -hmm. what your clients actually need. Mm -hmm. Um, Second, not thinking about the transformation. Um, Third, spending too much time in the details um, instead of, instead of in, in the transformation or in the marketing and the selling, selling. Number four, selling, like waiting to sell instead of selling now. Um, Mm -hmm. You also mentioned one that I like, that I think is, is super big is not verifying that it's actually a need for your clients before you start to create it. Um, Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I just always tell anyone who's in the beginning stages, I just always say you have to have a pulse on your people. You know, like we as experts in our content area, I think a lot of times we just unknowingly or subconsciously make assumptions about what people need Mm -hmm. and how they need it. And a lot of times, like we're, we're probably close, right? Like in our experiences of working with people, we probably have a good idea of what people need, but you really don't know unless you ask. And so there is nothing wrong with just straight out asking your people like, okay, what do you, what do you need from me? And then like building your content based around that gap or based around that need, because you can't just assume that everyone is thinking what you think they're thinking. (laughs) You have to actually get some feedback. Yeah. And I think the the cool thing is when you're getting that feedback, you're also getting ideas for content. You're you're doing what's mm-hmm. called market research. Yep. And you start to get you know, like exact wording. I think talking to like directly talking with people about mm-hmm. their things, like whether you hop on a 15 minute coffee chat Zoom mm-hmm. or you pull them in your Instagram stories. Um, and then go on and continue the conversation in the DMs mm-hmm. uh, after they after they respond to your poll. I think those are great ways to actually hear from your people. You can literally use their words in your marketing, and that's mm-hmm. going to help them to really feel like seen, known, and heard. Yeah. Um, which is going to which is going to help you as a person to get better at communicating to and for your people instead of communicating um, 
in the way that you're maybe naturally yep the way you naturally communicate you get yep. better at speaking to your ideal client yeah I love that so much I love that so much and I think just as a little bit of a tangent, I, I talk about that with people a lot of like, okay, so I personally have more than 10 years of experience in educational design, educational theory, those sorts of things. If I wasn't actively like talking to people about what they needed in that realm, like there's stuff that I have like learned years ago that I just do subconsciously now mm -hmm. that I think like, oh, I need to like teach people this, you know what I mean? Or someone yeah. who has tons of experience in marketing. If you're not polling your audience and having a pulse on what they need, like, just because you're so experienced, you can like miss some of like what yes. you're giving them. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That's so good. Like we think that we think that our clients need this like high level strategy thing and maybe mm -hmm. they're not quite there yet. Maybe exactly. they're at the place where what they need right now is like consistent ideas because they're running out of content ideas or, mm -hmm. um, or they're, they really need a hand, like they don't need to create, like they're, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a different example. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not necessarily thinking about um, the same stages you're thinking about in your life. Um, so it's, it's a good idea to have kind of that, what you say as like, have a pulse on what your audience is needing, thinking, feeling um, yep, so that you exactly. can best serve them. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I mean, an, an example from my own business is I just went in a lot of times I would go in and just assume like, oh, of course you think of the transformation for first. Of course yeah. you think of the end point first. And then when I was working with people, I was like, oh, the people aren't thinking of that th first. Mm -hmm. And then I had to remind myself, well, of course they're not. No one's ever taught them to do that. I just yeah. do it subconsciously. And so if I hadn't been talking to people and asking about that, I would have totally missed that, that step and yeah. like that learning process step. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's really a really good point that you just brought up there with you or talking to your clients. Yep. And, and so sometimes I think we, um, shy away from one-on-one -on -one because we want to create this like evergreen course. We want to create a membership mm -hmm. where we're using more like, like where we're, we're impacting more people for less time, but mm -hmm. I think those one-on-one -on -one conversations. And that's why even in my, even in like my group coaching program, even in my big mastermind that is almost entirely group, I still connect with my clients one-on-one -on -one as well so that I can get a pulse on the individual person and kind mm -hmm. of see what they're needing in that season so that I can make the content that is going to be beneficial for the larger group. So I think yeah. that's another mistake is creating a course before you've, before you've done the work to see kind of what a process might look like yep. or what working with a client one-on-one -on -one looks mm -hmm. like first. Yeah, that's great. And one of the first places I always tell people to go with market research is I say, pull up all your notes. Tell me about your past clients. Yeah. Yes. What common themes are you seeing? What problems are you like continually solving? Like to have mm -hmm. that as a, as a base to yeah. start from is so powerful. Yeah. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think, and that, and that's another way to just confirm that your offer is going to sell 
is by having, having already solved that pain point before. Yep. Um, and knowing that you can solve that pain point, um, for some people. And, and I think a lot of times when you're first getting started, that looks like working with people, not in a course format, unless you're, unless you're coming from a place where you've done this for years Mm -hmm. in a different sector, like, Mm -hmm. uh, like for, for instance, you, but even still, even you worked with like clients one-on-one to start. Yep. Yes. And so, um, so I think kind of reminding yourself that you don't have to get to the court. Like the end goal isn't having a course. The Mm -hmm. end goal is making impact for your clients. I love that. And even, even in a one-on-one course, they should be thinking Mm -hmm. about that educational or a one-on-one coaching package. They should be thinking about that educational design and how they create that program um, or how they, how they bring it about to their people. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any other, any other mistakes that you commonly see? Um, I would just, I don't know if this is necessarily a mistake, but I would just encourage people to really think like there is so much potential in some things that are beyond just your traditional evergreen course. Like there's so much potential in building curriculum. Like even Mm. when you're, let's say you're working with someone one-on-one in a three-month retainer and they're just one-on-one client, like what is the potential to build curriculum into that? You know what I mean? Like if you are working with several one-on-one clients and they're all dealing with similar things, like what's stopping Mm -hmm. you from building some training content? Number one, just to save you time as a business owner so that you're not like teaching the same thing over and over again, but it really like opens you up to be more impactful in your life coaching because you cover some of that base stuff in some sort of curriculum. And so then you're coaching, like you're not just wasting, not wasting time, but you're not spending time like covering some of that base training with people. Mm -hmm you can take it to the next level. So there's so much potential for, and I call it curriculum content, whatever, some sort of portal for one-on-one clients, for group programs, for masterminds, for workshops, webinars, like Mm -hmm. everything that you do to start considering, like, how can I make this easier on myself and more impactful for clients? Yeah, that's so good. One of my, um, my business coach, he always says, um, if you answer the question more than twice, you should have it somewhere. I love that. And, and so <laughs> I have I been, it all the like, time. It is, it, and, and it's so good because, because we do, we do spend a lot of time answering the same questions as business owners. And how cool would it be if we could like answer that question on a video, even if it's like, mm-hmm. even if you're pulling up your phone and you're video recording the answer send mm-hmm. it to them directly, but then also upload it into your portal. Yep, and, make it available. <laughs> and make it available for everyone else so that the next time you get the question, you can just go to your portal, copy mm-hmm. that direct link and say, here, I hopefully this answers your full question. Let me know yep. if you still have any questions. Yep. I love that. I, I always tell people like your content should be, it has a job to do. It needs to be doing a job. It yeah. should be not Ooh, just good. like a little additional oh, hey, if you want to go watch this training, like it should be doing part of your coaching job for you. Mm, if that makes sense. Like your, yes. content, your content should serve a purpose. It shouldn't just be not this random video you uploaded. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. 
Exactly. So if you're, if you are showing up to live coaching calls and coaching on the exact same thing over and over again, that means your content is not doing its job or it just needs to be revamped or restructured or whatever that looks like. And that's, I mean, that's what educational is. (laughs) Yeah. And Oh, so good. No, this is good. I think, I think you're, you're opening like my eyes up to what, like where little like things in my business and just like doing those little tweaks to really help my clients get those results faster. Um, but I also think this is going to, this is going to be super helpful because I have a few clients who are in the process of creating courses. I know that my audience is full of coaches and course creators, content creators who, Mm -hmm. um, who really want to make an impact. So, um, Okay. So what, so next step, so like number one, tell us how, how we can work with you. And number two, tell us if we're not like quite ready for that. Like if we're not in the, like if we don't have the budget or if we don't, um, like if we're not really thinking course right now, but we're thinking course within the next year, what should we do in this stage? So first, how do we work with you? Yeah. So I very intentionally try to give several different levels, obviously for like getting access into my world, into this crazy world of educational design, because you can either dip your toes in or you can take like a full on dive into the deep end. Like it's a whole other world of just like learning theory and the learning process and types of students and like all these things. So at the very base level, I offer um, two week like coaching packages where we just get two weeks in on like, let's say you really want to flesh your flesh out an outline and we can like look at the transformation statement, flesh out an outline. And I give you all the educational like training that you need for that part, or you want to revamp a module or like, it's very flexible. So it's kind of like a two week package where we like dive deep on whatever you want to focus on. So we could build a workshop, we could build a webinar, like whatever, um, super flexible. That's kind of like the lowest level of like being able to work with me. Um, and it's actually super impactful for just making forward, like take a step forward in whatever it is that you're working on. So I have a lot of people that take advantage of that, who are kind of in the middle of the course process. Yeah. They're like, man, I just need help. Like, is the structure of my course educationally sound or (laughs) are my, my videos and my slides, like actually supporting my learner's success? Like we really dive into like one aspect of a course. So that's kind of like the lower end. And then on the other end, I'm actually not offering this again until June. So starting in June, I do run a four week, like super deep dive into educational design. It's like okay. a training. And if you want to come in and build your whole course in four weeks, we just totally knock it out and like get Mm -hmm. from beginning to end, like get it ready. Um, But it's also just like, you can spend four weeks just learning educational design. And my whole goal is to equip you and you have lifetime access to the content. So my whole goal is to equip you to any time in the future, five years down the road, you want to build a mini course or you want to you know, put together a three-day challenge where you have curriculum, you have the training to make sure that it's educationally sound. So So I would say those, those two week boxer packages, those coaching packages, and then that big, like deep dive training, that's the big one. So, okay. Yeah. Super cool. Okay. If people are just like thinking about a course, but they're not quite like sold on it, or they want to do a course Mm -hmm. in the future, um, like a year out, two years out, like what would you suggest yep. they start doing now? 
Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I feel like we've already talked about this a ton. Yeah. I always say, start talking to your people. Like yes. if you really have a dream for a membership or a course or whatever, like you have to nail down what the topic, the theme, and like the transformation is going to be first. And so just start taking notes when you're talking to people, open up a Google doc, what are common themes you're seeing? Who are you serving? It's a lot of that like market research yeah. is the best place to start because if you have that ready, when it mm-hmm. comes time to build your course, it just makes it so much easier. You know what I mean? Cause you yes. have all that background knowledge. Um, for well, anyone that, who- like doing oh, that market research just helps you to find more of your people because hopefully you're using your market research to then create more content exactly. on Instagram, on TikTok, oh, on whatever. Help you build your audience. <laughs> you're going to build your audience while you're building out these ideas for your mm-hmm. course. Exactly. Um, it's, it's advantageous yeah. in so many ways. To yes. Like sure Please do market people. research. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I think I have a few, if you're, if you want to do market research, you're listening to this. I think mm-hmm. I have like three or four episodes on this. So like scroll back, find them and implement. Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, and then honestly, I know there's a lot of people that are like, man, what, what can I DIY, right? Like, I just want to go to Google. What can I look for? And so I always tell people, if you want to like on your own, dip your toes into educational design, go to Google and look up universal learning design, Google it, find their Mm. website. And, um, I will tell you it's a little overwhelming, but if you want to like wade in by yourself, that's a great place to start. Um, it is universal learning design is definitely catered to more of a traditional education, idea okay. and so you have to make the jump to the online space but it's yeah. just a great place to start if you're like oh this intrigues me like I want to yeah. maybe look at this a little bit myself that's a great place to start too yeah so you're speaking to the Enneagram fives who want to like yes. do like a whole deep oh, my dive fives. on this I first. love my fives <laughs> oh, so good yeah okay okay how do we find you um yes. or wait do we anything else before we wrap up, can you think of anything else they need to know? I think we covered a lot of it. I we think did we cover a lot. The good. surface of a lot of it, right? You yes. Yes. Longer, but. I think there's, yeah, I think we covered, we uncovered some, well, we uncovered seven like mistakes or things that people commonly do. Like it's just kind of a natural thing that when you're creating a course, you haven't yeah. thought about that educational design. And so those mm-hmm. just kind of happen. Um, and then, yeah. And then you helped us find, like, I think we've, I think we've really nailed down a lot today. Yeah, um, I love it. So how do we find you online? Yes. yes. And I will just say one more thing, I guess that just like came to mind is yeah. my heart is that you don't have to come back to me. Like I am so passionate. I'm a teacher yeah. at heart. Like I want to equip people to go out and be able to do this on their own. Like, and I always joke about the teach a man to fish analogy, you know, like teach a man to fish so that, and that's what I, that's my whole goal is like, I want to give people the foundation that they need to build just incredible Mm -hmm. online content and programs that are going to like, just be so much better than what we see kind of as the standard, like they're going to go above and beyond. And so that's just my heart is like, I want you to be equipped to do this for the lifetime of your business and not have to ever like oh, come back to me ever again, basically. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I love fun. that. Yeah. So I am mostly daily active, daily active over on Instagram. So you okay, can find cool. me at 
hello underscore Nicole Lehman. Um, I've got my website linked there. You know, that fancy link yes. tree in bio that you can find yeah. all the things there. I've got some free resources and yeah, all the things over on Instagram. Yay. Okay. I'll have that like linked in the show notes so that Perfect. anyone can, can grab that. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, this was so great to chat. I like, I hope that this just inspires so many people to, like you said at the beginning, keep their eyes on the impact yep. that they really want to make in this world and in the lives of their clients. So thanks so much for being on here, Nicole. Oh, yes. I loved it so much. Thank you. Wasn't that fantastic? I am seriously like still blown away by her line um, that she said, that Nicole said, she said, we have to keep our eyes on impact. And that's what I know that you guys want when you're creating another program, you're creating a course, is that you're really in it for your clients. You're in it for them. And so I hope that this was helpful in just inspiring you to think of how you're going to best teach, coach, encourage your clients with thinking of educational design in mind. Um, If this podcast episode was helpful for you, I would love if you would go over to Instagram, tag me and let your community know that you heard this great podcast. I'm sure there that you have a couple people in your audience who might also need to hear this. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you later.